0: Welcome to the Shared Tzedek Podcast. I'm so glad you're here. Here you'll find a live recording of just about every sermon, Devar to Torah, teaching, or story from our Arab Shabbat and High Holy Day services. We know that you wish you could be with us more often, and we understand life getting in the way is not a bad thing. To live Jewishly is to understand that just as important as it is that Judaism happens in the synagogue, it's even more important to live Jewishly in your home and on your way. So here we are. In your home, on your way, maybe even on your morning run. If you ever have any questions or want to continue the discussion, let one of us know. And make sure you check out our live stream and YouTube channel for more ways that Sharit Sedeq is available to you on demand. Keep an eye on your shofar and email so that when you're able, you can be with us as well. Looking forward to seeing you soon. Mark Block was born in France in 1886. His father was a well-known scholar of ancient history, and Bloch himself was one of the great historians of his time, specializing in medieval European history. In his book, The Historian's Craft, he recalls a moment when his four-year-old son, trying to understand what it is that his father spent so much time doing, asked his dad, Daddy, why is history important? Bloch writes that he believes this is the great question of Western civilization, which has expected more of its memory than any ancient peoples. But he seems to think that it is a question only within Christian Western civilization. He writes that the Greeks and the Romans were history-writing peoples, and that Christianity is a religion of historians. Other religious systems, he continues, have been able to found their beliefs and their rights on the mythology nearly outside human time. But the sacred books the Christians have are books of history. To Mark Bloch, Christianity was a religion of history and Judaism is a religion of mythology. Now, Bloch did not consider himself to be associated with any religion. Yet, Bloch wrote this book when France was under Nazi occupation, and he was not allowed to teach at the university because he was born to Jewish parents. Mark Bloch went on to fight for the French army and was a leader of the French resistance until he was captured by the Gestapo tortured, and killed. What Professor Block called mythology is what I would call the Jewish collective narrative. A narrative includes history, but it's more than history. A narrative is history, stories, events, memory, and mythology. It may have happened and it may not have happened, but a narrative helps to define who one is. We each have a personal narrative, our own history, stories, memory, and mythology that affect how we look at life and how we act. And many times stories from our childhood, which very well may be embellished, play a large role. We have an American narrative where George Washington's cherry tree plays as big a role as his leadership in the Revolutionary War. And while we weren't present for either, those stories are both a part of who we are as Americans. The Jewish collective narrative is one that spans thousands of years and while stories may or may not have even happened, we are taught not just to make the values a part of our lives, but to make those events a part of each of our own memory. In this week's Torah portion, we're given the first liturgy of the Jewish people. While most prayer in Torah is spontaneous, The Israelites are told that once they enter the land, they are to bring tithes of the first fruits to the temple in Jerusalem each year. And each year, every Israelite is to say the following. It may sound familiar. Arami Oved Avi, my father was a wandering Aramean. He went down to Egypt with meager numbers and lived there. But there he became a great and very populous nation. The Egyptians dealt harshly with us and oppressed us. They imposed heavy labor upon us. We cried to the Lord, the God of our fathers, and the Lord heard our plea and saw our plight, our misery, and our oppression. The Lord freed us from Egypt by a mighty hand, by an outstretched arm and awesome power, and by signs and portents. He brought us to this place and gave us this land, a land flowing with milk and honey. Now, most likely, none of our fathers or mothers were wandering Arameans, although they may have wandered. Nor did many of our parents, if any, ever live in Egypt. None of us were slaves in Egypt, and more importantly, of that first generation of Israelites who would be living in the Promised Land and tithing their first fruits in this history or myth, none of them would have been slaves in Egypt either. They were all the generation born in the wilderness. Yet each one is to recite the entire Jewish history up to that point as if it happened to him or her. My father was Jacob who went to Egypt. We became slaves. We cried out and we were freed. The commandment to recite this prayer is a commandment to keep a collective narrative. It's a commandment to keep the stories of our ancestors as our own. In the Passover Seder, in addition to the paragraph, My Father Was a Wandering Aramean, we add, Every generation, every man and woman, should see him or herself as if he or she came out of Egypt. It's not just for the generations that have an immediate memory of their time in the wilderness. Rather, this collective narrative is one that is to be embraced by all of us. These stories are to be remembered, and perhaps the ability to incorporate stories into our memory is an exercise in empathy. When our children ask us, why is this kind of history important? What should we say? If they ask if the stories are true, how do we answer? We say that we are welcoming of strangers because we were strangers in Egypt. We fight for justice because we have been oppressed. We understand the pain of others because we have been there as well. And we understand those who are haunted by the stories of their ancestors because we are haunted by the stories of our ancestors as well. These are all part of our story, even if they aren't part of our lifetime. And they have shaped our people's character and values. In that sense, they are part of our narrative, just as much as the events of our own lives. That's why we say we were there. To Mark Bloch, the Jewish collective narrative was mythology. But Mark Bloch is now part of that collective narrative as well, as he died fighting for the rights that he knew were deserved by all peoples. And we will stand up for the rights of others because of his sacrifice. Martin Buber writes that because the text says my father was a wandering Aramean and not our father, we have a merging of the people and the individual into one. In so doing, he says that we acknowledge who we are and renew our identity. As we head into our high holy days, which begin two weeks from tonight, may we all be able to merge our own narrative with our Jewish narrative and all of our collective narratives. May we gain compassion for the narratives of others, seeing the intersections between theirs and ours. And may our renewed identity be guided by the values of all of our memories, whether we have lived them or not, striving to make the memories of future generations a history that includes stories of compassion, freedom, and peace.